a random encounter at a broadcasting facility, a shared interest and love of all things Marvel, Excelsior, a misinterpreted program title, and behold, a podcast is born. Peter Melnick, podcaster and comic book enthusiast, and Eddie Wilson, upstate New York radio announcer, still with an inordinate amount of catching up to do. Peter! What are you doing? Here we go with a new episode of The Marvelists. Welcome everyone to The Marvelists Presents Moonsplaining, a Moon Knight podcast. I'm Peter Melnick and Eddie Wilson is on assignment in, oh, uh, let's say, you know, he just can't get enough of Latveria. He's there once again. He's, he's a prisoner there. Don't know why, but he, he likes what they do. What can I say? But this episode, we are in New York City. We are joined with friend of the show, Dave Cyrus. Dave, good evening. Hello. So on this episode, we are talking about Moon Knight episode number three, and I lost the title of the episode, but, well, the episode title really doesn't, it didn't mean anything with the episode, did it? Was there an episode, I mean, like the title that they had for the episode? Yeah, it's, well, it's the friendly type. I feel like in general, I mean, episode titles are the least used or noticed thing on TV. Yeah. Like most people don't know that episodes have titles, nor do they need them at all. Nor they they often don't even show them. The only time you even see them is when you're selecting the show. They often don't even they don't even have a title in the credits. Yeah. I feel like we're all just on fumes when it comes to titles. I know you've done work in television, uh, Saturday Night Live, for example, and like with that element, it's like on SNL, the episode titles are literally guest and other guest. Yeah. So yeah. they wouldn't just name a, an episode. And in regards to this episode, we are officially at the halfway point. Moon Knight is on episode three of six. And right off the bat, by the way, with this show, some people are suspecting it might not do a second season. Are you getting that impression that it, you know, because at this point you can kind of get a gist of it a little bit? I mean, I honestly believe that, like, it's a lot more about how well received it is yeah. than, you know, the initial idea as, as terms of, like, if it's going to get another season. I think the thing is, if you're going to do six, it kind of implies that there's, there's going to be more. That, like, that's not that much. Yeah. But, I mean, it's Moon Knight, which I don't know that they have major plans for Moon Knight. You know, this is a Disney show. Yeah. This is, you know, this isn't a movie. So, I, I, don't, I don't really know. It feels like they're sort of just sort of throwing together a lot of lesser known characters just to see what the Avengers might be able to be someday. I think this could be maybe Defenders, to be honest, because we're getting Daredevil back with the soft reboot happening. Yeah, no, I know that Defenders is what I assume is happening, where they're just going to throw everyone. They the thing is, the Defenders was always just a place that they threw whoever they had who weren't in the Avengers. I mean, originally Defenders were like the Hulk and Doctor Strange. Yeah, and Silver makes, Surfer. Yeah, it's, which, is, which is the stupidest <laughs> thing imaginable. The Hulk, Doctor Strange, and Silver Surfer on an Earthbound <laughs> team that's just supposed to be like the, the lesser-known Avengers... It was, it, it was clearly just an editor being like, there's got to be a way we can get people to give a shit about any of these characters. You forgot about the most important uh, defender, though. Howard the Duck. Yeah. The master of quack-foo. Yeah, yeah. Howard was there, too. Uh, did enjoy seeing him in Endgame, but uh, 
How I you know when I've seen that movie in theaters, I've seen it multiple times, of course, and I still have not seen him in the shot. I've seen screenshots of it, but not during the watching because everything's going on. Yeah, he's well. It's the part you have to. It's when uh, Wasp is on screen. Yeah, when you first see Wasp, he's right behind her. I mean, I still saw her, and I'm like, where the hell? Is and I her? when I saw it in the theater, I did hear someone yell Howard <laughs> the first time. So someone saw it the, immediately. I love that. Like it's the it's the dorky level of these comics. And I realize comics are already dorky as is, but. That, you know, we have these characters that some of us can easily identify with. And it's, you know, just the bizarreness of the Marvel Universe. Well, I think it's important that people... I, I want people to understand that... The, I mean, first, I need them to know that was the first Marvel movie, Howard the Duck. And it was terrible. And it had no connection, really, to Howard the Duck. who Which would be nice if it did. But, like, that this Howard the Duck is the actual Howard the Duck. And I just, I just want to make sure that, like, there's probably a lot of original Howard the Duck fans out there. Who are who don't want to accept that that was the fake Howard? Yeah. Uh, so I I really do hope that they expand on Howard the Duck. What they really should do is they should have a sequel to Multiverse of Madness that is a full Marvel Zombies movie, and in that they should have a major subplot that uses the uh, Ash Williams versus Marvel oh. Zombies comic book, which was Evil Dead versus Marvel Zombies, which Howard the Duck was a big part of, and that was. Really good. That yeah. was one of a shockingly well written uh, comic, and it was dynamite. Dynamite doesn't really have a good track record, to be yeah, completely they, honest. Everything about that was shocking. I don't know who wrote that, because there's very few good comic book writers alive, yeah. and that one was actually really well done. Well, the one thing, so uh, what's his name? Bruce Campbell is going to be in uh, Multiverse of Madness because it's a Sam Raimi movie. So yeah, he is. The and rumor it would be really important to me if well, he was Ash in Marvel Zombies World. There was a rumor recently that, you know, he might reprise the role of Ash. And there was, like, an article where he goes, I am officially retiring from it now. And it's like, why are you saying the word now? Meaning, did he film his part months ago? I mean, it's Multiverse of Madness. So it almost seems odd that they wouldn't use that. Yeah. That they wouldn't have an Army of Darkness reference. I mean, we're going through all these different timelines. I really have to believe that they're not going to screw us out of seeing Ash. Now, obviously, this, yes, this is a Moon Knight podcast, and we will get to it, I assure you, ladies and gentlemen. But one thing you just mentioned with the whole thing of, you know, this, the Army of Darkness kind of thing, with that, what is the possibility of another uh, Sam Raimi trope, the car? I mean, it's his movie. What do you think it's going to be if it is in there? The car? Yeah. I mean, isn't it always just a car? Isn't it always Some... just a car that's there? He did a Western... And it was literally taken apart to become a wagon. Oh. Okay. So you never know. It could be anything. Well, then in that case, I hope it's some sort of really shitty Iron Man. <laughs> Honestly, yes. I would love to see something like that because it could work. It could totally work. Yeah. No, I hope it's something like Molecule Man makes an Iron Man suit out of an old car. And it's funny because there's so many of these characters that they... You can utilize so many different characters in Multiverse of Madness that we haven't experienced. And yeah, I want to... Like, Reference the uh, the the that universe where Starbrand and like those jobbers are in there. I want to see that. Like just randomly reference that. Well, I mean, I mean, I I mean, look, this is a podcast, so I I shouldn't say anything that I'm not supposed to reveal early on. But I do have friends, you know, I'll in the industry. Um, I can tell you that one of the main characters they will be introducing is Forbushman. No shit, that's cool. I can see them doing that. No, obviously not. Oh. I, <laughs> I'm, in all honesty, yeah. like it's weird stuff. They yeah, they're not do. doing Forbush Man. You never know. <laughs> I would love to see a really dorky. I would love to see Molecule Man 
but only obviously the real version of him where he is he is basically I mean if they're gonna do Molecule Man it kind of has to be Wallace Shawn yeah that's the only person who could play him I think it's funny because like again with some of these characters and these just random cameos and everything happening like in this series in Moon Knight we have Crowley for some reason Crowley's in there as the living statue and you wouldn't expect that but he's in there just all these little elements of what makes the Marvel Universe so massive and expanding. And they're there in hidden in plain sight, kind of. I like that. Yeah. Well, the thing about the Marvel Universe is that what was so appealing about it is the interconnection of it of it all. Yeah. And it's funny because when Infinity War and Endgame were getting made, a lot of industry people were extremely committed to the idea that the movie had to be a failure. Because yeah. if it wasn't a failure, it disproved everything that they were teaching each other about what can and can't be good. And Infinity War and Endgame were incredibly well-made movies really really good movies that managed to pull together 50 different elements and stars and agents who were telling them what they had to do and it it really was better than what anyone thought was capable of doing with that kind of idea right and i think it changed a lot of what people think you can do but also on the good side it also got a lot of people to try to do something similar and fail spectacularly yeah like the dark universe you know, that, that Universal, which oh, I work God. for, uh, they immediately gave up on. Uh, I wonder why. I mean, that's the problem with Superman, too. The reason there's <laughs> never been a good Superman movie is because Superman is never, up until this, the last ones, he was never in a world of other superheroes. Which yes. is kind of the important part about Superman. He's supposed to be the best one of this world of superpowered people. When he's just a guy in a regular world, it's pretty boring. Um... But there's a lot. But also, there's a lot of reasons why there's never been a good Superman movie. Yeah, you know, it's not anything specific to Superman. One thing I've noticed, though, the twenty year rule, meaning like there'll be a movie like the, look at the prequels of Star Wars. They were wildly panned, and then twenty years later, the kids who grew up on those movies are just like, oh, those movies are great, and they get like that little bit of a revitalization. Honestly, Super- those people are full of shit. The people who are <laughs> saying those movies were great because they were kids are uh, lying hipsters. Who are yeah. attempting to just sort of change reality to fit their egos? No one actually enjoys those movies. Well, they one... look. They look back. But the people who say they love them, they're saying, "When I was four years old, I loved this." Yeah. They are not watching these movies in their twenties, going, "This is a great movie." I don't care what they say. You have to stop trusting kids and what they say online. Yeah. They are not telling the truth about anything. They are trolling us. They are full of shit. Look, the original three movies. We're fine. Yeah. I wasn't a huge Star Wars guy, but they were good movies. The pre- the middle prequels, the people saying they like them, their tr- the argument that oh no, whatever you saw as a kid is what is good now, is the most disingenuous fucking thing I have ever heard people try to put out. It is not true. It is such class. It is such generational warfare, disingenuous bullshit. Those movies are fucking horrible. Well, the one I was... All the dialogue between uh, oh, Padme, the, you <laughs> cannot argue that that isn't the worst reality-breaking dialogue that is ever... All the Padme-Anakin dialogue ruined that movie. Jar Jar was a ridiculously unfunny racist stereotype. Yeah. The fish people were ridiculously unfunny racist Asian stereotypes. Those are... Terrible movies. Well, the one I was going to go with the whole 20-year rule thing was like the reflection back on other ones too. Like we're getting now to that with Superman Returns, I've noticed. Because you were mentioning Superman. Yeah. The whole, 
like I'm hearing now, oh, it's a great movie. You have to give it a chance. Same thing with Ang Lee's Hulk. I've noticed that one as well. It's like, again, we're close to the 20-year rule. Those are all disingenuous trolls whose entire lives are built around the idea of having an opinion that is unpopular that that miraculously becomes common knowledge later so that they can feel like they owned something before it was... It's the same reason people believe in QAnon. It's all people who just want to believe in something that isn't true because they're willing to roll the dice on the one in a million chance that they that's this will be the time that they were in on something first. Yeah. And it never happens. It's literally never true. It's it's honestly it's where these conspiracy people come from. They just want to feel special. And that's why someone pretends that the Ang Lee Hulk was a good movie. And it's funny because they're they mentally broken. Well with those two movies, the Ang Lee Hulk and the uh, the Superman one, I've never watched them. I've never really given them a chance. And I'm like, eh, I'm just gonna hold off, I'm not gonna watch it. And I just keep putting them off, putting them off. I watched a bit of the Angley Hulk. It's just boring. Angley Hulk is boring. Superman Returns is not a good movie. It also, it's a movie that had no ambition to be anything more than just a movie that would fit between Superman 2 and 3. Yeah. And none of those were good movies. (laughs) None of those were good movies. Not one of them. Yeah. They got progressively worse. I mean, Superman 3 is a great movie, ironically. Yeah. And four, honestly, those well, are, it's canon. So yeah, those are those are movies that are really funny for how bad they are. But these are terrible films. And Superman Returns, it was just Kevin Spacey doing a Gene Hackman impression. Yeah, it was just a rewrite of Superman One. It was the same plot. It was about Lex Luthor doing something bad that would give him a bunch of beachfront fucking property. <laughs> the same <laughs> plot. It's true. Just a different mechanical way of creating beachfront beachfront <laughs> property is Lex Luthor's grand scheme in two of like the six movies he's ever been in he wants to own condos make a little money on the side he owns, he's a billionaire <laughs> he can just buy Malibu he's not even it's not even power it's just saving money like, there's actually no power involved in owning that real estate. Because he could own it anyway. He just wanted to save some cash. The whole movie is a... <laughs> he inadvertently kills the entire planet just trying to, like, make, what? 80, 90 million dollars? <laughs> it's so true. Like, who are the... The smallness of the writers who thought this was a grand scheme... Well, what gets me is they go with the Hollywood types for those kind of movies and refuse to put a comic book writer into a successful known medium. Never. It's surprising. They they will not put comic book writers in those. I don't I don't know what happened exactly. I mean, maybe it's because of how badly Sin City Two went. I've never seen that. But I also, to, but you Frank know. Miller in the two thousands isn't Frank Miller anymore. Yeah. So. Let's not pretend that you didn't hire Frank Miller. You hired post 9-11 Frank Miller, which was a different person. Yeah. Uh, a Dark lot of people, you know, Frank Miller, Dennis Miller, other Millers, I'm assuming. Some people just <laughs> lost it yeah. after 9-11. They just became scared and uh, insular and right wing as a fear reaction. You know, it's it's like what it's like how uh, Frank Miller, I don't know if you ever heard this. Frank Miller was really mad about Occupy. Yeah. I saw the AMA on Reddit with him and I. Uh, because, <laughs> because obviously they they chose me from Vendetta as their symbol. 
But if they believe me, if everyone if everyone at at Zuccotti Park was wearing Batman masks, he would have fucking loved it. No, he'd be happy if they put the paint in the bat like the. Uh, oh no, that's what, what he wanted so badly. So let's get back to Moon Knight. Let's let's go wrangle back over to All there. Right, fine. <laughs> Yeah, episode three, we got to see the uh, the poor uh, guy who passed away right after his big break. Isn't that sad? Oh, well, that was him? Yeah. Because uh, when the, this show was getting worked on... The one guy of the... on the horse who who was fighting, and... Wow. That's the guy who died skiing a few yeah. weeks ago. It sucks. But and, it... He, and he was to be... He's supposed to end up being like a villain. Yeah, one you were saying... You were saying off my mood. Well, Midnight Man. Yeah, Midnight Man. The brilliantly named villain of Midnight... <laughs> Well, it's it's funny because like Marvel has bought like so many of the other companies like what's it called the Ultraverse they have, and there's um, there's this one character I I want to say his name is Nightman, which is really really funny that you have the it's always Sunny character Nightman, fighter of the day man, ah, mm-hmm. uh, and you know those two characters that you could have thrown like maybe the Ultraverse character thrown him in there and done something like this. Yeah, I mean, and also Midnight Man, it's like he's he's just a minor character from the comics. He doesn't have any powers. He's Midnight- just like a guy. He truly well, does not, other than Bushman, there's really no other characters he has as, like, a main foil. Yeah. And also, Moon Knight, like, throughout the comics, as far as I'm aware, he only has powers sometimes. Yeah. Like, only certain versions of him. Sometimes he was just a guy... Like, sometimes it was that he is mentally ill and thinks he has powers, and that gives him the confidence to just be a vigilante. And then other times he's actually getting powers from the moon. And then, of course, there's also the thing where it's, it's only when the moon is out, like a werewolf thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, Moon Knight's just a character who a lot of different creators haven't really been sure what to do with. You know, and I do think that he does suffer from being too close to Batman, just yeah. stylistically, the way he fights, the way he looks. So, you know, it's just Batman with a supernatural origin in a lot of ways. Now, with this version of the character on the show, do you get the Batman comparisons? Because I don't see it now for this version. There is absolutely a Batman comparison when you see Moon Knight fighting. Because yeah, he is still a that. guy throwing moon orangs <laughs> at people. See, I heard somebody just call him Moon Batarangs. And I'm like, you know, it's not really yeah. that at this point. But Moon Orangs, I appreciate. Yeah, but he's like also powered. But like, there's also some confusion as to what the powers are. Because then he gets stabbed a bunch of times. which And then he switches to Mr. Knight, I believe. Well, he gets stabbed while he's Moon Knight. Yeah. He's, while as, in the Moon Knight yeah. costume, he gets stabbed a bunch of times. And then he just sort of makes them disappear. He just spins. He pulls one out and well, he pulls the other. He spins and they're all gone and there's not bleeding and there's no holes in him anymore. And I, I'm, and also, was like, were those supposed to be like special spears? I was like, why mm. were those able to penetrate him but bullets can't? Well, one thing that made me, you know, appreciate this whole... Again, all of these different versions of the uh, adaptations, they're never the same. And I, again, I like that. And as I've said in a previous episode, you look at Miles Morales where there's all the different versions of the character. Like in... Uh, Spider-Man PS4, the character's father dies. In uh, the Spider-Verse movie, his parents are still alive and he's doing his thing. The comic books, his uncle dies. And you have all these different elements to make it such a unique, different version. With this one, it's we're not getting Moon Knight the way he normally is. We don't know who the base character is. Where is it? Is it Mark Spector as the main persona? Instead, we hear a line of, he doesn't even know who he is. He doesn't even know his name. I like hearing stuff like that. And how the different suits now. We have the Mr. Knight suit, which, by the way, I think is really funny. It's a co-creation of Ward Ellis. 
And Ellis got the shaft completely and deservedly on the uh, post-credits thing at the end, if you notice. No. Declan Schlavey gets a credit for Mr. Knight, but yeah. not Warren Ellis. Interesting. Womp womp. That's interesting. But Warren Ellis, you know. Win, or play stupid games, win stupid prizes. What would he do? He is. Uh, there was a canceling thing a couple of years ago. Oh, for he, Warren Ellis? Yeah, he uh, basically was like a uh, sexual predator and stuff. Oh, with, uh, ladies, okay. Like trying to get them into comics and... I'll get you in the industry if you do this. And it's like, oh, cool. You're a scumbag. I mean, he probably only did that to those women because he heard that Garth Ennis did it better. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, in regards to, though, the whole different suits, though, I like that each personality has now their own suit to identify with. Yeah, no, that helps a lot. I like that. And then that's cool because then we're eventually, I guess, going to get to see what the other personality that we haven't seen yet has a different suit, I'm assuming. Do you think... So... I'm wondering at this point, is Jake Lockie supposed to be Khonshu? Could that be his suit? I'm using the Air Bunny quotes. I don't know. But I mean, it, that would be surprising if it was just the same one. I would think they would have a completely different suit. It is, it's funny. personality. It's funny, by the way. One of the biggest complaints from a lot of people with Marvel in the past few years has been the CGI. The CGI is not up to snuff. I'm loving seeing Khonshu show up in this, where the CGI is just phenomenal on how the character's rendered and looks. You know, I thought it, it looks fine. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I mean, I'm not, I don't have a problem with, like, CGI in general. I think it has its place, and, you know, it, usually it's done pretty well. The nerd in me always gets mad when I hear the line of, it looks like PS2 graphics. I'm like, oh, for longer. Have you ever looked at a PS2 game compared to what this is? Come yeah, on. Yeah, I think people they, they're try way too, too hard. I mean, we watch, I mean, 30 years ago, these things were claymation. Like, <laughs> like calm down. Yeah. This show is brought to you by our Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash themarvelists. And on the $3 tier, you'll get access to episodes early and ad-free. The $5 tier gets you our two bonus shows. One, Fantastic Voyage, where we dissect and just talk about the 102 issues, one by one, although if it's a storyline more than one at a time, of Stan Lee and Jack Kirby's amazing, incredible, spectacular, invincible, and fantastic run of the Fantastic Four, the world's greatest comic magazine. And two, you haven't read that? A show dedicated to the comic books that I haven't read yet. Some Marvel, some DC, all fun. And on the $8 tier, pick a topic of your choosing, not a topping of your choice. Or perhaps you can be a guest on The Marvelists. Above all else, we thank you for your continued support. Um... But yeah, no, I think it looks. I think it looks good, and uh, I will say I feel like there's a little bit too much. I mean, it's unfortunate, kind of. There's a little bit of a Venom vibe going on. I I noticed so, that within the first episode. I mean, too. It's, there's a lot of similarities now with Conchu and Venom, even like the 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 deep aristocratic echoing muffled voice in his head. I mean, that's it's a little bit. On the nose. Yeah, it's very close. Or on the beak. Yeah. It, it's, but, you it's know, much. It, one thing about it that gets me, too, is he, you know, I, I love the Venom version in the movies because Venom reminds me of a big goopy cat, as I've said on previous episodes. He's kind of borderline just like a very sassy bird, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, some of the things, it's, they should, I wonder how they're going to change it up. They've got to, you know, maybe, because once enough people say that, they're going to be like, yeah, you're right. Maybe we should tone it down a little, you know? But in regards to this character, this uh, episode overall as well, let's see, what else? It is also funny just that, like, every time we do one of these shows, we're adding to this universe of how many people could have stopped Thanos. 
the the sheer volume of people who were just sitting around being like, let's see how this plays out. And it's like, it's just hard because, yeah, these are all being introduced after Thanos existed. And you keep having, every time you create a new, incredibly powered character, they have to come with it of, yeah, but we didn't care that half the universe died. I still laugh every single time an episode ends for me and it says, you may also like Eternals. And I'm like, no, I won't. <laughs> no, that was the first really bad Marvel movie. Which is a shame because, like, they tried. Bless yeah. their hearts, and it's borderline Southern, bless their heart. They tried. No, I mean, and look, I think, to be fair about Eternals, um, it was really, I thought it was really well acted, well yeah. written, well directed. I just hated the diversity. Obviously, that's the only reason I could have to hate that movie, as I've been told. <laughs> uh... It's just a bad movie. They just did a bad job. It's just Superman. What if Superman bought evil? What if Superman turned evil, you know, for no reason at all? And, like, Icarus is the heart of the Eternals, so you're literally killing off your character. By the way, with the, uh, the, what's it called? The symbolism of he flew too close to the sun on wings of wax. Yeah. Come on. And then he flew into the... He sure did. I mean... As we flew out of the theater, because no one gave a shit. It was just a it was just a movie where I'm like, no one was in the production of that movie going... So you realize you have no one... At, you realize you have no characters but your main heroes, right? So, right. like, it's not going to be shocking when one of them turns evil. Like, it's just your main heroes fighting the bone monsters from King Kong... And it's pretty obvious that one of them's going to turn evil. Yeah. And it's pretty obvious it's going to be this guy. The one who's, you know, the one who looks like the boss of them. Uh, it was, yeah, it just, they really did not make a movie you could give a shit about. I mean, one thing, though, in regards to Moon Knight that I appreciate is the idea of, like, introducing characters spaced out by episodes as opposed to Eternals, which is jamming everything in in one fell swoop. Well, Eternals just didn't deserve to be a movie. It should have been a Disney Plus series, as I've repeatedly yeah, said. Yeah, it really should have been. And, I mean, God, there's so many things you could say about Eternals. Least of <laughs> which, just, the Black Knight ended up being... So, like, I knew that Black Knight was in this, but I didn't think he would just literally only be in this... With, it's like you you have some balls to introduce the ancestor of King Arthur with Excalibur. He's a wuss. and the reason he's there is because he happens to be dating a god. So you guys just happen to meet, huh? <laughs> Pure coincidence. You're just dating. That's it. That that's so convenient. Oh, and he hangs out with Blade. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I guess this is just a. Universe of coincidences. How many times... Well, look, look at, you know, the Marvel team-up book. Every single month, Spider-Man somehow manages to team up with somebody. Spider-Man can't even... He can't get a cab without meeting someone with superpowers. <laughs> true. Well, one of the things in regards... You just mentioned the whole thing with Blade. The fact that people still, by the way, don't know if that is Blade or Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury. I'm like, it's, it's Blade, guys. <laughs> if you have trouble recognizing Samuel L. Jackson's voice... You should not be watching movies. Or at least get a hearing aid. I, I, good God. <laughs> like, I've heard that so many times, and I honestly think Moon Knight is going to be involved either with the Defenders 
or the Midnight Suns because Midnight Suns now they're trying like to get that in the pop culture subconscious by saying hey we're going to make an XCOM game style for the uh, PS5 we're going to do this we're going to do that they're trying to get Midnight Suns to be a thing I just feel like if we end up with a Defenders that's like Moon Knight and Shang-Chi and like every other character who never really had a successful book it, it might it might be dangerous yeah, I, I, it might be dangerous to have this bi- to do like because it's just going to come across as like shitty Avengers. You have to really find a better way, and maybe they will. I mean, they, they've done a very good job, you know, for the most part. But yeah, I feel like the Eternals aren't really going to end up being that relevant in the universe just because they just have no cachet now. No one really wants to see them. The brand kind of got tainted, but it's I- also the Eternals. Yeah, no one ever cared about the Eternals. Well, I had conversations with friends afterwards about this in regards to, like, people were going on saying, oh, my God, they're actually giving a Jack Kirby straight-up creation a try. New Gods is canceled because of this. Yeah. They were supposed to do that movie with Tom King uh, writing it. Not going to happen now. Well, the thing is, the Eternals weren't a successful comic Never. either. Like, the average comic book fan only knows the Eternals as the book that you saw in boxes that didn't have bags on them. Yeah. Like, everyone... Everyone knows who Icarus is because they saw him with his He-Man haircut and they didn't buy the book for a quarter. <laughs> I always know Eternals as the unsuccessful Neil Gaiman Marvel project. Oh, God. You mean when they made them like the super dark pornographic Eternals of just like uh, deviants, just mass raping uh, cavemen women? Like, yeah, that thing was fucked up. Neil did not, Neil did not uh, win on that one, let's just say. Well, it was like, it was really... It was really horrifying. He was like, I'm going to make this entertaining by figuring out how horrible I can make the sexual violence of this comic book franchise. And it's it's funny because, again, we're getting all of these references to into the Marvel Universe and just the pop culture thing in general. Because, like, you look, you're looking at the hype behind Moon Knight right now and, like, the merchandising and everything. They just released a Hot Toys figure of him. Those $300, like, expensive thingies. And the marketing for that, they're literally swiping uh, memes from the Moon Knight Corps page now to market this, where he's throwing his moonerangs, and it's literally a shot-for-shot remake of the meme of re- you know, redoing the panel saying, random bullshit, go. So it's that, him throwing the uh, moonerangs as the figure. Then you also have the possibility now, the Moon Knight meme of it all, the rumor right now, and friend of the show, uh, Sabato, had talked about it, that, what's his name, Haro, might be Dracula. Which one is Haro? Haro is Ethan, uh, Ethan Hawke. Oh. That's the rumor that Haro, because it's an original character, but you know, there's no, there's no such thing as an original character unless it can be somebody else previously. That's re- the real universe characters. All right. I don't, I'm... It's going to be really weird if this ends up being a Dracula show. I don't know if it could be. Although, like, I like the subtle nods to the history of Moon Knight because you have him fighting those werewolf kind of creatures. What was his introduction at comics? Werewolf by night. Yeah, yeah. So when he's fighting that werewolf, I, you know, I talked to a bunch of people, my girlfriend especially, like, holy shit, is he fighting a werewolf now? Is he fighting werewolf by night? Yeah, I mean, it might be. I would, I mean, I, I would really love to randomly see the actor who played J. Jonah Jameson's son in Spider-Man 3. My son, the astronaut. As, yeah. <laughs> That would be so great. My son, the werewolf. He just suddenly shows up. I think, again, I love how 
there's reinventions of these characters. How you have, you know, J. Jonah Jameson being an Alex Jonesian type figure, just yeah. swiping his bullshit and doing... I love how Spider-Man gave him a career, because we had discussed in our uh, No Way Home review, he starts off in just like, you know, somebody's basement and then segues into this big multi-million dollar studio. It's insane. Yeah, I'm not sure that's what they're implying that, or that it's just that's what his empire is. Yeah. It's something he's, that he does out of his basement. Either one kind of works. But I do like the idea that like his career, he owes his career to to hating Spider-Man because that's that would be a good way of kind of showing it of the idea that he doesn't actually hate Spider-Man but the second he realizes that there's any traction he goes he does the Alex Jones thing of just of just pretending to believe something to get it that far I love that in the comics now you have J. Jonah Jameson knows who Spider-Man is knows all this stuff and they're friends like he's a family like I love that they change that and do you could you ever see them reversing that Unless they kill him and then they bring him back and he never remembers anything. I think they could. I think they probably will. I mean, that's the thing. They they have a tendency, you know, over time to to reboot things and to find and to just sort of reverse things. I mean, it's just like you know. I think there's a chance that someday Superman will be back to pretending to be Clark Kent. Yeah. You know, I think that that eventually the status quo these things find their way back. Yeah. Now, in regards to this episode of Moon Knight, one of the things that I really appreciated was the Council of Gods kind of thing. Mm Hmm. And how we're, you know, introducing this and watching Kanchu be that petulant kind of child of a god to just like, no, you know, arguing with everybody in there. Yeah. And I feel like that's a good characterization of Kanchu in there. Kanchu is like, he's the jobber god. Like, no one cares about him. He's just doing his little thing and he gets put into his place. Yeah. Well, they also made, I liked how they made him like less sort of adult than that. Yeah. He's just, you know, he's yelling. He's, he's less restrained. He's less refined. Um, but once again, it's just like, it's just funny, like how many sets of gods that, that is sort of the implication is that like all gods are real and they're all just hanging out, just, you know, bored at the council of Rex observing. Yeah. Just (laughs) observing life. And, and I mean, my thing is like, I'm just like, I want to see what, well, what is the relationship between them and Asgard? Like, what is the relationship between them and the other sets of gods? Like, were they fighting for people at some point on Earth? Like, that's that's more interesting to me. By the way, where were they when Thanos was around? Well, See? I mean, that's the thing. They just It sounds like they're just like, we didn't care. Yeah. But technically, they should have half died too. Yeah. Shouldn't all life have half ceased, including Egyptian gods? I mean... But is it organic, you know, life? Is it this? Is it that? I mean, I guess it is organic life, so maybe they didn't count, and that's why they didn't care. But it, it just, I mean, it's, I, I hate this idea, though, of, of the, when we're looking back at something that clearly was never thought about and we're trying to retroactively act like they planned it out. Yeah. I mean, people would do that with, like, Wolverine in comics. They'd be like, well, you know, his, someone broke one of his, uh, his claws, but then 40 years later, they mentioned that they were bone. And I'm like, yeah, they didn't know they were bone then. The guy just made a mistake. <laughs> See, every t- my go-to with this is the Simpsons line of, a wizard did it. It's just yeah. plain and simple, a wizard did it. Like, I do, it's, that's why, could you imagine being Stanley back in the 1970s and 1960s, having to dole out no prizes to all these people and just hearing those, you know, why are they doing this, this, this? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that was a different time. And Stanley was, he's always been a bit of a carnival barker. Oh, yeah. In that way, where, you know, it was everything that, anything that makes you watch is fine. Anything that makes you read is fine. So, yes, enjoy. I'm glad that you're telling us about how many stripes that character was supposed to have. That it, you're, you're, you're one of the heroes making this a, 
a better world. It's funny though. Watch, like I've you know been like reading up a little bit on the uh, Frederick Wortham uh, Seduction of the Innocent book, mm-hmm. and like some of the stuff in there where he says comics created juvenile delinquency, but also led to illiteracy. You're reading a comic. I'm pretty sure the words are not leading to the illiteracy. You'd be yeah. reading more. Well, to be fair, all those people that he said comic books turned into criminals uh, also grew up in the Depression. So, <laughs> yeah, the mass starvation may have had a key factor in it as well. It was, I mean, yeah, the whole thing about, wasn't it just that he literally went to prisons and said, how many people here read a comic book growing up? And that was it? That was the end of the investigation? <sighs> To quote the boys from uh, Cartoonist Kayfabe, Frederick Wortham can eat it. But in regards to this episode, also, what what else is there? Like, that can truly be said. Like, the uh, the fight scenes in this, you know, you had mentioned earlier, it has like that Batman-esque vibe to it. I, again, I'm in complete agreement with that. But I do feel those kind of fights, they need to be a little bit different than... They're different than what we have from a lot of what's going on in the Marvel Universe, you know, compared to, like, the uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier kind of fights, the uh, the cosmic fights of the Guardians of the Galaxy, etc., you know? Yeah. Uh, and you're right. No, people need fights. People, honestly, they need fights. They need fights to watch these things. You know, that's that's a big part of the game. Yeah. That is a big part of it. And I, I think it's been fairly interesting, but it well, it, actually, the funny thing about it is the reason it's not that derivative is because Batman hasn't had that many good fights in his movies. Yeah. The way Batman's supposed to fight, which is more like the way Moon Knight actually is fighting. So it's sort of not derivative because they've dropped the ball on showing Batman fight the way he should be fighting. And it's funny because you look at the Netflix series, which, again, the hallway fights are like a masterclass in how to conduct a action sequence. Yeah. And I'm waiting for when the, the Daredevil series starts, the soft reboot or whatever they're doing, and they do a stairway fight in that one. They have to. They really have to. Yeah, no, that's what Daredevil's for. Daredevil's supposed to be like a, a human guy fighting and that he can get hurt and again with you know the different versions of the suits i like how combat is even different in each one because you have the uh the mr knight he his style is a little bit different than the mark specter moon knight you know etc etc well does he have wait does he ever actually fight when he's in the the uh, it's like a borderline mr bean kind of thing where everything's accidental yeah i was gonna say like he's not really fight i mean yeah he's he's protected but he's not really fighting in that whole mr rogers outfit yeah I, there's again there's just so much about this series that I'm appreciative of and I would say with uh, this series we're at the, again we're at the halfway point and I don't know where we could truly go with this because we also we haven't gotten any uh, post credit mid credit scenes which it's really sad that you know Marvel has kind of trained us now to stay for the you know credits we're not paying attention to them we're just watching the credits so we can see whatever is coming up and some theaters will put up like little pieces of paper saying no mid-credits for this scene or movie none for this none for this it's like you're doing it also for like English dramas and it's in there it's like why would there be a you know post-credits for that that's funny I mean anytime a comic book movie doesn't have an end credit scene I feel cheated well look at uh, The Batman that's gonna be coming to uh, HBO Max on the 18th yeah They did you see uh, The Batman yet? yeah and what was that one it was literally green text on a screen would yeah, you like to play a game it's like board games yeah that one I didn't, I didn't wait for I yeah, I, I literally went on my phone, pulled it up, I'm like, oh, that's what it is. Whoop, see you. Yeah, well, there's a lot we could say about the Batman. I liked that movie, to be honest. Like, well, it wasn't a bad movie. It was probably the most competent Batman adaptation. I just felt like 
if you're going to make a new Batman movie, you need to have something new about it. Yeah. And I didn't see that. It was a lot of repeat. And it's it was long. It was a lot of just sort of, let's do this the way, let's do this a little better. But in the end, it's there was like nothing you haven't seen before. It wasn't particularly different at all from the from the Nolan ones. It could have been trimmed by so much. And yeah, it, it didn't earn its length at all. No. At all, it didn't earn its length. Uh, it it just it, it definitely made mistakes. It was like a good movie, but you know you need something way more like ambitious if you're going to reboot this franchise so quickly. And what would, what could be done to change that? What what would you do as your main suggestion for that? Oh. That he's actually in a real superhero universe. That he's with in a, others. He, I would say at this point, do the thing that no one's ever done, ever in any of these movies. Batman in a world of supervillains. He never actually has it. They're always trying to like uh, distill it down to being as realistic as possible. And yeah, Penguin was great in that way because Penguin should be that kind of realism. But like the one thing you haven't actually ever done is like Batman in a world of costumed crazy people running around. Yeah. Batman having to deal with multiple guys in capes robbing banks. Like that level of stuff. Where like Batman the the the, the thing they've never done is Batman as a human being in a world full of people with superpowers that he still wins. Yeah. That's what they need to do. That's the that's what they need to actually get into because otherwise we're doing the same thing we've seen over and over again. And in regards to uh there was something I was gonna say with that, in regards to the whole you mentioned earlier Superman. The first, uh, the Man of Steel, the Henry Cavill one, you don't know that there's an, a pre-existing universe around him. With Moon Knight right now, we don't really know that there's a pre-existing universe. The only way we can hear is it's a part of the MCU is one of the uh, showrunners goes, it's a part of the MCU. And it's like, we know. Like, that was like a kind of a given. Yeah, I mean, obviously it is. It would be ridiculous for it not to be. But yeah, they haven't acknowledged anything yet, which I assume they will. How, w- how would you tie him into the main Marvel universe for that? I mean, honestly, I think the way to do that is you should probably... I mean, you have to find someone that is a pre-existing character to tie into. Yeah. You know, and there's a lot of ways to do that, you know, with like, you know... Uh, like, with um, someone who's not dead. But, you know, the, any of those, like, CIA characters, uh, any of the, you know, that we had in Black Panther, government, you know, people related to S.H.I.E.L.D. You know, I, I think that would help, you know, having someone like John Favreau or you know, just someone who could show up, or a simple you know, breadcrumb. Or you could, or, and there's still other characters who could be introduced. I mean, have we actually brought Henry Gyrick into this? Was he? Is there any version of him that's existed yet? See, I was thinking it was the guy at first in uh, Fa- the one that turns to be the Hydra operative in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but that wasn't him. Right. So we still yeah, have Peter Gyrick. Yeah. So we could still possibly have him down the line. I think he'd be perfect with Hulk, based on that immortal Hulk run. Yeah, no, there's a lot you could do. And it, that's a character I'm glad still is around. Um, no, no, I, I think that, yeah, I, I would like to see some level of interconnectivity. And I think all these shows, you should have something. You should have other characters filter in. You should have other people that are related to the universe um, in whatever capacity. You know, I mean, like, the, for example, they did that in Moon Knight. They mentioned Madripoor, which might, okay, oh my there we go. Okay, there's something. I was going to say, when they mentioned that also in The Falcon and Winter Soldier, I was like... You guys, it's finally happening. Yuck, man. Like, everything about it was great seeing you know, that. And we also had Madripoor and Falcon and Winter Soldier. So yeah. if some, I'm, like, I'm, I'm glad that Madripoor has continued to exist. And yeah, they, like, let's get closer to that. Let's start mentioning the Princess Bar. 
Let's. St- oh my god. Come on. Let's just let's just mention a guy that one-eyed piece of shit who kicked me out of the bar. Say something like that. So in regards to that, you mentioned that I, during our Falcon and Winter Soldier show, I pointed out how funny would it be during that scene in the bar. There's a person walking by with a hat, a short person, and you could do a soft retcon like down the line, like they did with Tom Holland as the little you know kid with the Iron Man mask. That was Peter Parker all along. No, it wasn't. But sure, they could do that. Say. You know that was Patch, right? It was? Yeah. So do something like that. Yeah, a silhouette of a really short guy and an impossibly huge guy smoking cigars outside a bar so that we can... I mean, obviously that can't be fixed it yet, but... God, I wish. Maybe they'll find a way. But, you know, in regards to this episode of Moon Knight in general, I will admit it's a very meh kind of an episode. Like, not much of substance happened. You know, it felt like. Well, we introduced we, another another personality, and we had a nice big fight. Yeah. And we had, you know, some more counsel of the, the God stuff. You know, I feel like I'm giving it room to get somewhere. That's why. That's... I'm, I, an episode like this is needed. It's a nice... All right, we're getting ready. But then you see at the end with the whole little... The map of the star, and it's perfectly shaped as a star to find the star and all that stuff. And then that element of how they go back go back to a thousand years that was the exact time the exact position of the stars and this and that to get to Amit's tomb and I liked that I yeah thought... that was fun that was a fun interesting kind of thing for a god to do I thought uh, no I thought it was fine I just like I said we're building towards something yes we obviously are building toward this former avatar of Kanshu being this villain and and that we're going to release a god and we're going to have a nice big you know godlike fight that's fun and I, what I also like is these personalities they also have their own unique abilities that they need. Even though it's the same guy in general, just the one, you know, construct of Kanshu, but, you know, the one person, you have all these different things, and they have their own talents to bring to the table. Like, I love how Stephen Grant is called in when you need something done with the history of the Egyptian culture and all that stuff, and I love how it's literally, I know a guy, let me bring him over, come over here, oh, look at this, oh, oh, that's that's a mummy. So you, you got that, you know, and I like, I appreciate that. Yeah, no, I, I think they've done a really good job of making these fun characters and having fun with multiple personality disorder, which, you know, is a very... It, it's it's a disease that has a lot of room for comedy despite the fact that it's pretty much exclusively caused by child molestation. Yet we found great ways of making it a, uh, a hilarious device throughout comedy history. Uh, I don't know how that... if That's how he got his. But, I mean, psychologically, it's... Yeah. Not to bring everything down. That's usually where it comes from. I don't know if you saw Doom Patrol. Uh, but that was a much more accurate version of what yeah. multiple personality disorder originates from. Well, one thing in regards to, you know, we're also getting introduced to, to different elements. I feel like the Jake Lockie part is going to be, because what was Jake Lockie in the comics? A cabbie. The scenes where he's driving, and he's driving really well, doesn't he, like, black out right beforehand? I think so, yeah. You, we usually do see him regain consciousness at the wheel. Yeah, so I think so it's like Lockie sense. that was the one that like helped save him through those moments and we just don't know it yet. Yeah, that might be, yeah that'd be fun. I think it, yeah, we don't always establish that it was Mark Spector he became when he wakes up again. Yeah. We just assume. Now every time I th- come up with a theory like that on the show I really, really hope that it's actually accurate this time because I'm like oh and 150 and I really want to be right so please for the love of God let him be uh, Jake Lockie when he drives. God. Yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> but uh, in regards to the episode overall, again, I liked it, but it's one of those, it was eh. But room for improvement, room for also 
we're at the halfway point. We're getting there. Although the the elements of excitement and what it could lead to at the end, we're off to the races. Yeah, like I said, I I, I didn't love that he just spun around and the holes in his body disappeared. That doesn't yeah. that, that it's like is that his power? Is that like there? We have Mister Fantastic now. We need consistency a little bit with yeah. like what he does because he should have still based on the previous episodes he should have still been bleeding he should have still had holes in his body he could survive it but the fact that just the holes just disappeared there was no blood it was like all right this is getting a little cartoony yeah um but no i i am looking forward to seeing what happens in terms of yes but with midnight man uh which is yeah it's so fucking sad that guy just I'm- dies right after making it I'm curious if they're gonna like heavily edit towards the end. Like how do you, like how do you write him out now? Because you have to, or you might have to do a recasting. I mean, I don't know what happened if he shot his scenes already, yeah. or if the character is even supposed to live. But, yeah. You know, but also you know, I like yeah, I, I don't know much about that. Um, it was just a shocking thing to just randomly happen, and I was, and the whole time you're like, all right, when's this guy gonna show up? Let's see what he did. And no, it's uh, it sucks, but you know, I thought I remember when I first saw the article, I thought I was like, wait, is that the guy playing Moon Knight? Yeah. Did, did Moon Knight die? Like, it would, that would be rough if it was. But in regards to this, I would say, like I said, you know, solid episode overall. Like, I, if I had to give it a rating, which I normally do, three and a half out of five. Yeah, you know, that was fine. Good, you know, middle of the road kind of episode, literally at the middle of the road. So I like how Marvel doesn't really try to do episodic as much as serialized, and that they they're really just showing snippets of a long movie yeah as opposed to just like really episodic you know cut and dry episodes so i I, i'm fine with taking the time to see where it goes i appreciate when marvel when uh disney does it with the star wars brand as well with the television shows the live action ones where people have taken like you know because star wars fans are diehard they will edit anything humanly possible do as many different cuts somebody took mandalorian season one and turned it into an hour and a half long movie and it worked yeah, I bet it did. So you can do that, and I like that. Sometimes not everything's going to be important to the story. Like, I love you, PTA, but Licorice Pizza needed, like, maybe uh, a third of it cut out. Just, you know. Just uh, licorice Pizza, there's a lot to say about. Yeah. It was, it, 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 it's, I mean, yeah, I was surprised it was an Oscar movie. Really? In I, terms. I, I, I was surprised it was at that level, because I thought, you know, just a lot of the jokes seemed very over the top. Yeah. And sort of not fitting into the reality of it. And it's just... Was I supposed to hate them both so much? <laughs> Were they supposed to hate both these people? I have that feeling. I'm not sure. Am I, am I supposed to hate this girl? Because I feel like I'm not supposed to hate her. And I'm like, why would I not hate this person? Yeah. She is relentlessly trying to seduce a child. And has no redeeming qualities except for being able to drive in reverse. And then you have like, the that's kid. A, the biggest deal in the world. And then you have the kid who's like a slimy little kid. He's just like, you know, trying to like weasel his way through anything in life. And then he just yeah. makes dicks and fart jokes with, you know, a oil can. Yeah. Uh, uh, these are terrible people. <laughs> so I think that's going to wrap this episode up. But Dave, before we go, how can people get a hold of you on them, our social medias? Uh, Dave Cyrus, D-A-V-E-S-I-R-U-S, uh, like virus, um, is Instagram and Twitter and stuff. And, you know, you can always just like Google Brickstone. For the Marvelists, I'm Peter Melnick. I'm Dave Cyrus. Excelsior.